everyone. I'm Audio Nerd 64. And I'm Big Nkrumah. That's and we so- are a game of friends. We are a game of friends. We are a game of friends. Friends. What were you saying? Uh, besides the tagline for the show. Oop, and I oop. Logging on. <laughs> BPM, Super Mario 3D, All-Stars. WWE 2K Battlegrounds came out. PS5 Showcase, Bethesda. Apple Updates, Control, and an oldie but a goodie, the Game Developers of Color Conference. These past two weeks in Nerdom, DC Fandom happened part two. The Emmys, WandaVision, The Mandalorian, She-Hulk, Jurassic Park, and Life on Venus. Yes, an editorial stretch for Nerdom. In the party <laughs> chat, <laughs> we have a new gamer friend. His name is Kenji. He's dope. We talked about games. But you got in there pretty deep. I was mm-hmm. kind of, I was like, hmm, okay, okay. It was a good conversation. It was a very good conversation. We talked Paper Mario and Disco Elysium. But you have to wait. Because it's time to log on. It is time to log on. I'm glad that we have internalized yelling at our audience. <laughs> That's always I'm good. passionate. Hmm. Yes. BPM released. Bullets per minute. Violence. It is really violent. Um, my favorite reviewer. Do not. Only be like, we don't need to be doing free promo. Even beyond like the joke, okay, we get it. Uh-huh. We don't need to be doing free promo. We're not linking to it. Oh, we're not? Oh no, we don't we don't. He's Mm-mm. got enough things. No, no. So this is how you found out about this game, is what you're saying. No, it's not how I found out about this game, but, but you you were interested in I watch you all watch, reviews. Oh, I don't. I do. I watch nothing. I don't even in I don't even play the games. I Well, me either. That's, that's why I watch the reviews. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I play no games at all. Mm. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I play I, more than no games, but anyway. Anyway. It is uh being described by at least one person, as Doom the Musical. Oh. Which I think is apt, given what I have seen. It's just a rhythm-based shooter. Uh, If you think Beat Saber, but instead of sabering, you are shooting demons in a Doom-esque dungeon. That's right. It did look like Doom. I I think that's a great way of describing it. I think it gives you all the information you need. Yeah. Uh, Y'all have fun with this one. It's on PC, so I can't play it. Um, I just don't like demon games. Right. I, I probably Generally. wouldn't play it anyway. Because of that, I also, like, the world is scary enough. I don't you know what? Fuck it. it. I'm going to get that PC fix. I'm going to try out bullets per minute. Okay. Yeah. Fuck it. Okay. You only live once. I'm not going to. Okay. Um, But it's getting universal praise. So. So? You, you should check it out. I should have, At I, least watch the trailer. Watch the trailer. It looked fun. Super Mario 3D. Oh, star, 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 star. Twice. You did it. Star, star. Hmm. It, the, it, has, it has to come back. Star, star, star. Oh, my God. Star, star. It has uh, come out. <laughs> you can only fucking purchase this until March 31st, so you better get on it. We don't care about COVID. You go to that fucking GameStop right now. They said, open your purse. Quickly. I... <sighs> I might... I don't know. I can download an emulator. January, February, March. Wow, that's really short. Huh. 
I can download an emulator. I don't need to play these. I'll think about it. I have. I don't know. I'll think about it. Whether you buy it or not, uh, it's exactly what you played before. It's a trip on memory lane. <laughs> you are not really getting anything new. I'm not. I'm not saying that to drag it. Like, yeah, I'm no, excited no. for Prince of Persia. Some people are are like, yo, there's nothing new in this, and are dragging it for that. Like, I think the last prepackaged or repackaged Mario stuff, they had like like a museum or some shit, and they were mm. like, oh, you get to learn. They didn't do that. They were like, you gonna buy well, these games, right? We know a few people who are playing and loving these experiences. Yeah. You know, look, time is Whatever hard. critique existed back then exists today. <laughs> and whatever praise Same existed review. back then exists today. There you go. WWE 2K Battlegrounds came out. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, our game, good gamer friend, Mike. You remember he came on a previous episode to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. He loves wrestling. He, he He's does. a big fan. Mm-hmm. He texted the group, said, hey, I'm playing this game. And then maybe like an hour later, was like, hey. Like two hours later. Okay, two hours later. Hey, how do you return digital? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Because here's the thing. I feel like Mike loves WWE in a way that like most people love like the MCU and will forgive a bad Marvel game just because it got the Avengers in it. You know what I mean? Uh, Not in like a... Well, might put up with a little bit of nonsense just to like have the experience. You know what I mean? Sure. This is two hours? Come on now. No, it must have been pretty bad. Like how? I don't think I've... I haven't had that experience. That wasn't even that bad for Anthem. One of the reviews that I read said... This feels like what should be a free-to-play mobile game with a $40 price tag. Wow. Oh, yeah. That, wow. Pretty bad. That's... Mm. And that's all there really is to say. Well, in that case, let's <laughs> fall into the PS5 showcase. It happened. It did finally happen. After a revolt from Sony fans. Oh, there was a revolt? <laughs> I missed the revolt. On Twitter for multiple days, uh, Sony fanboys were freaking out because we knew everything about Xbox. We knew the pricing. Oh. We knew the, the date, the pre-order date. And they didn't know anything. They didn't know the pricing. They didn't know the pre-order date. I mean, they didn't uh, know the release date. It, yeah, Sony... Sony don't love y'all. They like I kind of felt bad. Well, they made up for it. They decided to do this direct and showcase the PS5. Let's get into some of this because a lot of these announcements I'm actually very excited about. Yes. Final Fantasy 16 is formally announced. It's been rumored and we knew it was coming, but it's here. It- well, it's coming. I can't keep track. I don't know. I feel so bad for Final Fantasy fans. How do y'all keep track of all these games? They don't feel bad. They're excited. They're very excited. I'm happy for y'all. Maybe I'll get into this one. Because apparently, I was like, yo, 16 games. Is it like one big-ass story? And then I found out that it wasn't. I was like, oh, you can come in whenever you want. So, yeah, you like, can maybe... come in whenever you want. That's why I'm like, okay, I'll play 7. Because 7 is 7. Yeah, it's 7. Anyway, um, it's a PS5 exclusive. Ooh. It's also coming to PC. 
So it's not a PS5 exclusive. Well, it's a PS5 console exclusive. Oh, that's that's what we're drawing the line of Sandy's day. I guess. Oh, whatever. I mean, you know, it's the console wars. Whatever. So as far as I'm concerned, PC is within that war, if you ask me. Hmm. Other than that, I uh, don't don't I, 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 don't look at me. I don't know shit me. about Final Fantasy. It didn't look great to me. Oh, but who am I? Who are know. you? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot. Next, they went into Spider-Man. Yes, Miles I was. Miles. We got a nice, juicy trailer. Nice, juicy gameplay trailer for Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. That's a mouthful. It was great. I mean, every, oof, man. It looks so good. Yeah. They clearly understand the character his powers. I'm so excited. Nigatry. Ugh. That hairline. I mean, it's, it's kind beautiful. of, it's fucked up because I didn't realize how fucked up it was in Spider-Man it because I was like, it wasn't that bad, but it could have been a lot better and I was like, because I was like, oh my God, Miles is here. I didn't even like think about his hairline. Mm. But they thought about his hairline. They cleaned it up. They cleaned it up. He got a nice, fresh, crisp, crispy hairline. I mean, it looks great. They hit all the beats. I literally was like watching, you know, him fight. And I was like, huh, I wonder if they're going to use his invisibility too. And as soon as they did, because you like, we forgot about the electricity shit. And then I was like, but what about invisibility? And then it came on, like, it was perfectly timed for people like me. You did, as soon as you were wondering about it. They were like, don't worry about it. Yeah. We got you. Kind of like how when I was playing the DLC again, I was like, hmm, where's Miles? And then Miles called. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you going to teach me something, Peter? Anyway, anyway. Um, it is $70 Whew. if you would like to get the remastered Spider-Man PS4 with it. Okay, but low-key, this, I think, is the way. Uh, like I was like looking up the more expensive version for Watch Dogs Legion, mm-hmm. and they're giving you... I don't, I don't think it's a... I think it's like the mid-tier. It might be the highest one, but they're also giving you a copy of the original Watch, Watch Dogs. Give us extra, give me extra real shit that I can fucking use, man. That might be the $70 strategy. I'm happy. I'm fine with that. I mean, they announced as part of this whole thing, we're still going to talk about Spider-Man, but since it came up, they announced that their next-gen games are going to be $70. Yeah, they did. So this does not count because it's not a full (laughs) game. No. But knowing that they consider full games next-gen to be 70, that means that it's really not going to be a full game? Like, right. I was like, oh, it's only $20 less. Like, oh, yeah. it can be mm, it's $30 less. Yeah. And apparently they're like, not justifying, but they're saying, hey, this remaster of Spider-Man is literally Miles jumps light years away from the PS4 version because of, you know, like ray tracing and shit. So like, mm-hmm. it's worth it. I mean, I'm definitely gonna, I'm, I'm getting that and the console. This sold the console for me. Wow. I don't have anything else that I care to play anytime soon. Giant ass console. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm okay with just having Miles Morales and uh, Peter Parker. That's fine. Wow. That's not technically all, though. If I am a PlayStation Plus subscriber, they announced mm-hmm. that you're getting the PlayStation Plus collection, which is Game Pass Lite, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like the best of PS4 titles that don't have 2021 or 2020 
sequels coming out. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Horizon it. Zero Dawn yeah. are not part <laughs> of this PlayStation Plus collection. Yeah. Uh, I assume because Horizon Zero Dawn's sequel will come out next year. God of War is because while they did announce God of War Ragnarok with nothing but a, a logo, we know nothing about it other it. than that it exists. Yes. I bet that's like 2022, 2023 even. Yeah. So it makes sense that they would include that. Right. But not include something that's about to come out. Because at the end of the day, to me, personally. Uh, Okay. Your opinion. Sony has made it clear that they are more concerned about money than their consumers. You can at Jordan specifically. No, that's fine. I'll I'll take that fight. Between the controller bullshit, the pricing bullshit. Um, the upgrades to next gen and then walking that back and making things like Spider-Man available on PS4, which is the last Spider-Man thing. Now that we're going full circle, we've gone through like half of the presentation (laughs) while just talking about Spider-Man. Love it, love it. You know, it's coming out on PS4. So if I don't get one this year, that's fine. You could, yeah. I'm just going to wait. Ray tracing though. Well, I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to buy it for PS4 and then buy it again. Apparently, if you buy it, you get it for both. And so, like, whatever. But I want to confirm that if I pay $70, I am able to play it right away on PS4. That's that's fair. That's absolutely fair. I mean, I think it's a smart move. I think especially given how expensive the consoles are, potentially for people, they might... You know, I don't know. I feel this way about the Xbox. I'm not in, like, a huge rush to get it. And my cushion is already there. Like, the games that I want that are going to come out soon, Cyberpunk, Legion, all that, is all gravy. And people might have probably felt the same way about some of the stuff that's coming out on PlayStation. So, like, I think it's good. Uh, But, yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I'm waiting for that shit to be confirmed. (laughs) I mostly just think it's funny because it was a huge... Yeah, it was. PlayStation is committing to next gen and you're not getting that with Xbox. And lo and behold, you can play all that shit on PS4. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's said, why these console war things are just dumb. Yeah. Everyone just looks dumb at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Um, another heavy hitter with the one-two punch mm. and that second punch didn't land. Harry Potter Legacy is coming to PlayStation. Before the PS5 showcase, I I work on show notes the entire time. So the day that we publish a new episode, I have a doc open putting things in there for us to talk about for the next episode. Mm -hmm. As soon as the news broke that J.K. Rowling's next book was transphobic as fuck I had in the nerddom section fuck JK Rowling like that's that's the segment title fuck her she's fucked up she's a turf piece of shit and she should go fuck herself that's how I feel that I mean no contest it's it's I don't even know how to describe because this is not the first time I've seen this in my life someone who was just like so violently like against a group that it's like concerned. It's I'm like somebody's check in on her because it don't something's not 
I can't imagine being Cooking. so rich and caring about anything in this way. Because like <laughs> you have so much money, you can completely insulate yourself from anyone that you don't like or everyone, period. Yeah. Like, how is this ever going to impact you at all, J.K. Rowling? Then the answer is it's not. It's, so, like, it's very strange. Her deep-seated hatred for trans people is, um, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain how absurd I find it. Anyway, anyway, a Harry Potter Destiny-esque RPG. Is my fucking white whale. It is. It is was made specifically just for you. As y'all know, I've talked about it on the show before. I was incredibly excited when that leak happened last year That's at right. E3. And I was like, and oh, we thought there was gonna be a Harry Potter game announcement. I was like, oh shit. This is it. This is when I'm gonna have to quit my job. <laughs> I'm gonna have to quit my job and go live in a hole so say. that I can have an internet connection and xbox something about quitting his job and i just will live and breathe this game like if it's made well that's a wrap on my life like that's a, <laughs> like oh it's good jesus here's the problem that was before all this transphobia stuff really kicked off like we kind of knew she was a turf at that point but it was like damn jkr is a turf that it's kind of like people who like, when you watch a Dave Chappelle thing now, you're like, damn, nigga. Right. <sighs> like, why here's, you have to go do all that? Yeah, here's, like, you know, one one-hundredth of a cent, because I watched this shit on Netflix. But it wasn't, like, like, you know, it wasn't, like, what J.K. Rowling is doing now. Right. Like, Still not excusable. I had a conversation with someone who I met in the Harry Potter fandom when I was younger. Oh, God. Um, a few weeks ago. And we were like, how do we feel about this? Huh? Like, what are we, are we going to, like, still read Harry Potter to our kids and stuff like that? Like, what's what's the plan? Mm-hmm. And we were both cis, to be clear. And I was like, listen, I feel like it is easier to separate the artists from their art when you don't have to look at them or hear them. And, like, yes, in, in a writer, like, you're reading their words. Yeah. But I don't think about J.K. Rowling when I'm reading Harry Potter. Right. Who she is as a person is not relevant to my reading of the book. Does that mean that it's not relevant to what the book says and the messages it sends and all that kind of stuff? No, of course, you know, like she's linked into that. Yeah. But for me, I was able to put some separation before she really was like, no, 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 no. Not only do I not think that trans people are worthy of dignity and respect, but I'm going to make them the villains in this new book that I'm writing. Yeah. It's like, it's almost cartoonish. It really is cartoonishly evil. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't sit here and try to think of like what that train of thought could possibly look like. But so this is days before the PlayStation showcase. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's a wrap on Harry Potter for me. <laughs> we we got we to gotta change the dog's name. We got to <laughs> get rid of these books. My mom called me. Incidentally, you know, she doesn't give a shit about any of this kind of stuff. And was like, hey, I think I found a set of Harry Potter books over here. It's like, do you want me to send them up to you? Blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, no, you can donate them or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't care. That's wow. This is depressing. I was, I'm sad. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really sad about it. So when this game got announced, I heard the, I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, not now. Yeah. Not now. Yeah, they did it. Like, we don't know anything about this game. It might be like Destiny. It might not be. It might be an RPG. It might be shit. Seems like it kind of is, but like, it could be a terrible game. These are the folks that made Disney Infinite. Infinity? Disney Infinity? Disney Infinite? They're like, you collected the toys IRL, and that's how you got the characters. Oh, I vaguely remember what you're talking about. I didn't play it at all. And it was not for, it was for children. So I didn't, I didn't get into it. But, you know they they made a solid game. Yeah, I feel like it it it's probably not going to be all that bad. But the thing is, you you can't buy this game because if you do, money is going to go to her. There are all these articles that were like, she doesn't have anything to do with it. She doesn't have anything to do with this. Don't worry, she's not part of the development team. Well, guess what? She owns. The IP. <laughs> you can't buy a Harry Potter anything without some money going to J.K. Rowling. And guess what? She is going to take your money and write a bullshit book about trans people being villains and donate to an anti-trans charity. You can't contribute to that. You cannot buy this game if you want to be an ally to trans people. You cannot do it. Yeah. Period. It's the... The loops that some of these sites go through to be like, well, it's the devs, blah, 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 the devs, and she's not a dev, and she, I'm like, and? Like, who cares? And it then, doesn't matter. And then there's an the argument, it was like, well, like, if the game doesn't do well, then, like, the devs are going to have a hard time. Look, the devs got paid, okay? They might not get bonuses, but they got paid. They, they might not get bonuses, they got paid. Almost certainly not enough. Well, you, that's an. I mean, it's still capitalism. It's still capitalism, even though like, she's a fucking billionaire. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the comparison here for me is like, well, like the people who mixed, you know, the sound for Endgame, they got paid. It doesn't matter if Endgame made two dollars or made two billion, they got paid. It's on their resume. They can do what they need to do with that. I mean, it's like unfortunate that like. You know, maybe this is like not great for their studio, but I don't think that's like a fair thing to be like. Well, you have to buy it because people's lives are at stake. I don't have it's to do capi- shit. Well, a yes, b is capitalism. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's shit is at stake at all times. So, like, please don't. We to can't make do that. that argument and for it to be a serious argument, that means that that person needs to buy every game that comes out because someone worked on it. It didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, we are in a simulation, but like the simulation is not technically <laughs> like it, there are simulated people who are making all these games, <laughs> right? So if you're going to sure. tell me that I need to buy this game to support the developers, then what have you bought every game ever? Because you need to. <laughs> I'm sorry. That doesn't fucking make any sense to me. No. At all. Sorry. So I will not be buying this game. If I ever play this game, it will be, first of all, with deep shame and in a closet somewhere. And second of all, I will have stolen it. 
let me walk into that GameStop one last time <laughs> before they all close. No, they <laughs> and, will. And uh, just steal Harry Potter games. I'll get a whole stack, <laughs> give them out of the LGBTQ center. <laughs> Ooh, don't buy this game, y'all. Don't buy it. It's not worth it. And I think it, it's worth talking a little bit about Cyberpunk here because multiple times we've been like, yeah, there's mm-hmm. some Good point. transphobia Good point. going on here as well. Um, and I think that like there's always levels to this stuff and JK Rowling, JK Rowling, Rowling, whatever JK, however you pronounce her name, because now I don't care anymore, um, is actively causing harm in a way that I think that the cyberpunk team hasn't. I think they're just like, I think cyberpunk team is like just fucking up shit on accident, which is not, which is still not great. It's not like, oh, well, you know, they get a pass because they're not paying attention or whatever. They definitely don't get a pass also because remember their social media person oh, yeah, was, did some oh, transphobia. Oh, shit, yes. Too. And like, again, I think that it I comes from a place of that. ignorance and not from a place of I want to harm trans people in the way that J.K. Rowling must wake up in the morning yeah, and be like, like angry as fuck. fuck over some trans people today? They really pissed in my soggy cereal this morning. I hope someone did piss in their cereal. I just can't imagine waking up angry like that. Like, that can't be good for your blood pressure. And rich! <laughs> How are you that angry and that rich? I would it's, just pay Twitter to give me only positive comments. Hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars a week so that I only see positive things. No trans people. Like, I mean, I think Twitter already does that for free. You already don't, <laughs> you already don't pay to see, to not see niggas. That's true. That's so. true. That's true. Like, that might be a feature that some white supremacist paid for and we don't even know. Look, it's not. Mm, it's just it's not, structural it's, racism it's, of technology. Well, yes. There's a, <laughs> I have a longer thing to say about that, but I won't go into it. Maybe we can stick that in nerd. <laughs> the, the point is that cyberpunk, for all its flaws, I think is actually trying to do representation. Yeah. They might be really fucking it up. Like, yeah. the, the cafeterias that serve chicken and watermelon in order to represent black people. You know what I mean? What? <laughs> there was, like, a string of that happening at college campuses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like One of black the most History recent Month. ones. Yeah, right. like, I think NYU really had a... Right. But black <laughs> yeah. people made those decisions. Right. And everyone freaked out anyway. So, like, you have to think about the yeah. context of yeah. these things. At the end of the day, I after that gangs trailer that just came out for Cyberpunk and they really have like a sex worker gang and the origins of it are like, we didn't want to get hurt anymore so we decided that we were going to fuck people up if they fucked with us. Squat up. I support that. I can't wait to support them in this game and I I, I think that for all of the messed up things that the, that the Cyberpunk team has done, they're at least trying at least. And acknowledging the fuck-ups. They're not like, no, we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, they might say some like, ridic- like that designer that was like, well, it's actually, I'm like, That's girl, just dumb shut the fuck up. Stupidity. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, yes. It's just to say that, like, what JK is doing is on, like, a completely other level in a way that, like, it is, I think, very counterproductive to engage in and have serious conversations about that piece of media. Right. Than cyberpunk. At to least me. with Cyberpunk, 
you can have a dialogue about what's messed up about it and ways that it could have been presented better. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily even mean that those folks are the butt of a joke. We don't know the context of that poster. We don't know the context of yeah. uh, what their role may or may not be in this sex worker gang. The point being that, like, I'm open-minded about that. And absolutely, I'll own that that may be, like, cis privilege on my part because I'm not as impacted by it, so I'm more willing to give a pass type thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do think there's a fundamental difference between what is going on at CD Projekt Red and what is going on at J.K. Rowling's home address. The latter shit needs needs to cease and desist two weeks ago. Immediately. So Ugh. please don't contribute to the financial oppression of trans folks. Like, you are actively going to be giving money to someone who gives money to anti-trans work. Like, that that can't happen. Yeah. I, my dollars can't be part of that. Yeah. <sighs> Dollars are also not going to go to Ronald Reagan, the game. <laughs> uh, they showed some more gameplay about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Don't Those care. graphics were amazing. <laughs> the graphics were... Let me say. Yeah. I mean, it was violent as fuck, too. It looked good as hell, but I also will not, not be, be playing. No, I will not. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Resident Evil 7 Village. No, thank you. I mean, you know how we are. We don't do horror. We, I'm scared. We need a horror correspondent. <laughs> we need a horror car. That's right. That's we right. really do. But um, I'd be happy for y'all. If you, hey, if you play this game and you want to come and talk about it on Game of Friends, let us know. it's an open invitation, mm-hmm. as always. We love y'all. Deathloop is also on its way, still as a timed exclusive to PS5. Even though something huge happened, which we'll talk about, about later. Because time is linear. Yeah. You can't have all the conversations at all the time. I know. It's so, but imagine. We do that a lot. Anyway. We do. We do. A, we we, we try. We try. We bend that physics. Deathloop's look, look, Deathloop looks good as hell, though. It does. I'm very excited for I'm it. I'm very excited for it. I'm still mad that it's time exclusive, but I might just have to buy this one on site. If it's all single player, then I don't mind playing it on PlayStation. That's true. You're right, though. You're right. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited to play some black people in a game that is not specifically about being black. It might be. It they might stick that in. Who knows? Don't, 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 don't do that. When the black assassin kills the other black assassin, she might be like, sorry for the violence. My like, brother. Like black on black violence. My brother it. with all the blood in the streets. Is this the question? <laughs> Shout out to only the black people that are on Twitter too much to get that meme. Devil May Cry Special Edition on its way. Looks cool. I've I've never played a Devil May Cry game, so I don't have anything. It's free on Game Pass, so I don't know why you pay for a special edition it's on free. PlayStation. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. There's look <laughs> me as an Xbox player with my bountiful, plentiful subscription of games that I have so much of, and there's so many things, it's too much to play. Hmm. I can't I know the entire list completely. <laughs> Oddworld Soulstorm. Uh, I have really nothing to say about that. It looks cool if you're into Oddworld. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Also staying away from that horror shit, even if it looks like a fun <laughs> multiplayer horror shit you show. Said, no, thank you. Demon's Souls is getting a remake, and it's actually coming out day and date on the console launch. So it's a launch title officially. Uh, again, I don't like this creepy shit. Yeah, you really and... just lumped all these right together. <laughs> like, <laughs> Four Software makes amazing nope. games. Nope. 
<laughs> not this one. <laughs> but it's, they're just not for me. They're not for me. <laughs> That's great. Um, <sighs> and we've kind of talked about everything else uh, sequentially, except for the price and release date. I'm so mad that man came. They did the whole like. Zoom in so it's like you're a, two, a centimeter away from the console. Look at the details and the plastic that's going to be on this giant ass console. And homeboy was like, Well, now you know. <laughs> that's because of the Twitter people. They're so, they were so mad. He literally just was like, Well, now you know. <laughs> $3.99 for the discless digital edition and $4.99 a price match for the disc version. Uh, that means that the cheaper Xbox console does indeed uh, undercut the price, but it does not have the same level of performance. That's right, it does as not. The, as the higher tier. Digital, as far as I can tell, has the same level of performance. It literally just doesn't have the disc drive. Yeah. So if you're going all digital, I don't see why you would get the disc unless uh, it is also your Blu-ray player. Right. That is part of the reason why I'm getting the version of Xbox that I'm getting. Well, it's mostly because of the performance. But, like, if they had another tier, like (laughs) a Series X but without the disc for $100 cheaper than that, I would probably not go digital because I want my Blu-ray player. They said... This ain't Apple from five years ago. You, we ain't got options. No, 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 no. We don't do that. Well, not yet. Not I'm well sure in a few months, maybe. Point, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the release date is two days after the Xbox, November twelfth, and pre-orders went live before this recording. Sorry if you tried to get one. Um, Sony really don't love y'all. Sony fucked up. A bunch of retailers went live at different times. People were like, oh, it's ready, even though it wasn't supposed to be ready. It was like several hours early or something. It was a whole mess. Xbox took a shot and was like... They really did. Their social media team is ready to talk some shit at all times. It's a little much. They were like, "Uh, don't worry, we'll give you an exact time. Um, I'm not sweating the pre-order life. Uh, it was a mess. I watched the mess from afar. I'm probably going to wait. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if we get more information about the $70 version. That's what I'm waiting on. Fair. If I can buy the $70 Mile Morales version and eventually play it on PlayStation 5, but right now play it on PlayStation 4, I'm in. That's all I need to know. Okay. I'm good. And the Xbox social media team got to stretch their Twitter fingers one more time before pre-orders the mm. day before. Mm. Mm. Big news. Huge news. They said, we got money. <laughs> and we gonna fucking spend it, motherfuckers. I think this is more proof uh, <laughs> over everything else, but alongside everything else, that Microsoft does not care about selling consoles as much as they no. care about expanding Game Pass. They Yes. Game Pass is undeniably the best deal in gaming, and it's been undeniably the best deal in gaming for a while. And it keeps getting fucking better. As of this morning, Microsoft owns ZeniMax, which owns Bethesda. So everything Bethesda is going to release in the future is coming to Game Pass on launch because it's now a first-party Game Studio. I would imagine that that means that everything in their catalog will also be migrating to Game Pass. A lot of it already is. Like, you can already get Fallout 76 on Game Pass. You can already get Fallout 4 on Game Pass. You can already get Elder Scrolls on Game Pass. 
But there are some interesting caveats here. Like, technically, Microsoft now owns a bunch of PlayStation games. <laughs> like, Deathloop is a timed PlayStation exclusive. That's still Bethesda, technically. And Prey, which has been a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. Like People were quick to be like, well, what does this mean? Uh, and it means that with the case of most acquisitions, they're like, look, we're going to honor those. It's business as usual. But once them shits come off, they hours. Right. And then, you know, so everything's going to be exclusive to PC and Xbox. And then things coming to console is going to be on a case-by-case basis. But I'm imagining most cases it will come and come to Xbox. Yeah. At least, you know, I don't know. Maybe Sony might be like, fuck y'all. <laughs> They've done it before. Crossplay specifically. Mm. But we'll see. I mean, big news. I mean, that's that's wild. That's a lot of shit on Game Pass now. And the gamers, the the deep, deep gamers who were like, wait a minute. Microsoft already owns Obsidian. Now we can get Fallout New Vegas. Mm. They already were like, when's it going to happen? Everyone's like, damn, chill. Obsidian responded and they were coy. Oh, they were coy. They weren't like, no, that's not what this means. They were like, oh, no, no, maybe it could happen. <laughs> Hate that. <laughs> not that I really care. Hawkeye.gif, don't give me hope. <laughs> oh, my God. I would be actually very excited, though, to see Obsidian and Bethesda team up to maybe remake Fallout 76 or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that could be interesting. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Either way, it's absolutely huge news, uh, earth-shattering news in the gaming community, uh, and a very big day for Microsoft. Apple, in a similar position, in that they're having some big days, a judge actually agreed with them Uh, regarding their ongoing dispute with Epic. However, a judge also agreed with Epic about Unreal Engine. They basically prevented Apple from fucking with that. So our concerns about what was going on with Unreal Engine, uh, that's all going to be fine. Mm -hmm. However, they're like, no, you can still mess around with Epic. That's fine. Like, as long as it's directly with Epic and Fortnite, you can, you know. Have fun. Fucking them over. I mean, like, there's still court proceedings, like, the lawsuits, plural, are still being argued, and there's still news coming out and stuff like that. But the update is basically, don't worry about Unreal. It's going to be fine. It still might not be fine for Fortnite. We'll see what happens. Also, mm-hmm. Apple made some updates to the streaming policy, mm. as I predicted that they would. <laughs> it still doesn't mean that xCloud is coming. Like, Microsoft can't do what it wants to do, even with the lenient even with the more lenient language. (laughs) But I mean, the point is that Apple moved and they moved partially because of public pressure. And I think honestly, they didn't realize the stupidity of like denying X cloud on their platform. Look, gaming is a big ass industry. It's a lot of money in this shit. Pretty clear to me that eventually you will be able to do X cloud on Apple devices. I feel like they're going to make me pay for it though. Oh, I doubt it because you don't have to pay for it for anything else. But it's Apple, and I just feel like we're not going to get exactly what we want. I just, yeah, in I my don't, gut, it don't feel right. Of all of the big companies, I I 
prefer Apple the most. <laughs> like they're pretty Love, straightforward mm-hmm. about privacy. They're bundling all their subscription services. Love you now. some Apple. You love you some capitalism as long as it comes from Apple. Wow. Let me put it this way. They're at least pro-privacy. Okay. That's, I can at least handle that. Speaking of anti-consumerism, 505 Games and Remedy got caught in some shit. Yeah, so they previously said that Control and its DLC could not be upgraded to next-gen for free. You have to buy it again. You want this ray tracing. Right, if you want the ray tracing and you're not on PC, because the PC version already has it, then you have to buy it again. Because for whatever reason, there's no way that we could possibly upgrade and do what every other company is doing. And then some people accidentally, for free, got upgraded to the next-gen versions of the game. They quickly undid that and then tried (laughs) to walk it back. And people were like, well, mm, mm, no. Hold the fuck up now. Exactly. You got too much dip on your chip. So they just got caught, basically. And they're still holding the line. They're like, no, you got to pay for it. That's an oof. That's, mm. But their whole argument was, we can't do this, not we, we don't want, want to do to, this. Yeah. Some folks are like, please don't blame Remedy. It's not Remedy's fault. It's the publisher, 505 Games, blah, blah, blah. I blame them both. <laughs> I'm happy to blame everyone. It's bullshit, and I'm sorry if you are a control player. That's fucked up. I mean, look, I said I was going to wait until this, to the next consoles to buy the shit anyway. And I'm glad that I did. I don't know. It doesn't feel, you know, it's kind of like, that sucks. I feel bad for people who already own it. But it's not fair. And when you see every other game doing it, it seems silly that your game that you like can't do it. Especially when you lie and say that you can't do it. When someone just accidentally (laughs) hit enter on something (laughs) and gave that shit out for free. (laughs) Could you imagine the people that that happened to be like, hold the fuck up. Wait a minute. This don't make no sense. I thought, oh man, that sucks. It does suck. Uh, Finally, the game developers of Color Conference went online this year. It was virtual. It It happened over the weekend. They did a direct to show off the games because normally there's be a show floor. Right. And I actually kind of prefer this because the show floor, there were a lot of games. And if you spent five minutes with every game, you couldn't see them all. Oh, yeah, no, it was crowded as fuck, which is nice to see. Right. They just needed like a bigger spot to do it, but bigger spots cost money. Well, even if they had a bigger spot, there's just a lot of games. It was a lot. Of and games. it wouldn't have, you know, it's kind of like a theme park. You really kind of need more than one day. I guess we did have a game thing. plan. We were like, all right, I would have liked to have looked at as many of the games as possible in person, but right. we were like, uh, Anyway, I had to miss the event this year because of capitalism, but it looked like everyone had a great time on Twitter. A lot it, of great talks, a lot of great games. Every, I mean, they always put their foot in whatever they're doing, so it's always going to come out good, and I'm happy for them. Yeah, very happy for the team. In the direct, I was happy to see that there were literally dozens of games. Yeah. Um, three that I will shout out that I am like, oh, I got to write this down. When, when, when's this coming out? Um, validate which was made by a team of queer people of color exclusively. They said at the end of their trailer, it was like, it's all niggas. <laughs> they, that's not what they said. All faggots. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> they said at the end of their trailer too, they said it's only Q-Pop and that's it. You love to see it. Love to see it. I'm obsessed with dating sims, even though I never play them myself. I always watch them 
being well, played. Then I think you should make a point to oh, yeah. purchase this one, put some money in some cute pock- pockets. I think some so. Some cute pockets. <laughs> hmm. Um, I think so. Anyway, it looks real cute. <laughs> you know, the the cast of potential dates are incredibly diverse. We got some fat people. We got some dark-skinned people. We got some visibly queer people. We love to see it. We love to see it. Garden Story was another one that I was really intrigued by. It almost looks like a very wholesome Pokemon game. Yeah, that's a good way to... Yeah. It gave me a very, like, Pokemon vibe. You kind of, like, go around and you're just fighting back bad shit in the garden. You know, it doesn't seem combat exclusive. Mm -hmm. There's other ways of connecting with people and building relationships and stuff. Mm -hmm. It seems very chill. It's kind of like if Animal Crossing was about a garden and it was not made by a AAA developer and was 2D. Yeah. It looked cute. It looks really cute. I'm going to switch. I'm going to check that out. Finally, uh, Lucifer Among Us looked really cool to me. Devil. (laughs) Devil game. It's like a detective story, and the mechanics look really interesting. The systems look really interesting. It looks really complex for what it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep an eye on that and see when I can get my hands on it. All right. We should probably do an indie game show sometime soon, like we did pretty early on in the podcast. I'd be down for that. I think I think we're we're beyond we're overdue. Due. We're we're overdue. Yeah, like when we do the releases every week, I don't include all the indie games because then we'd be talking about releases for an hour. Just like every section is all indie. How about that? That'd be dope. Ooh, I like that. Hmm. An all indie episode. Interesting. Interesting. What about you? What did you uh, What did you see that you liked? Well, I noticed that there were some games that we saw in person that got some upgrades, some progress. That was really nice to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which was Museum Multiverse. From Made in Brooklyn Games, it's a VR action adventure game. I wish I had a VR headset. Yeah, I didn't get to try it out when we were there, so I don't know how much of the upgrades there were, but you seemed really surprised by how much more fleshed out it was. I was like, oh, look at all that! Because, yeah, no, I mean, it looks great. I'm, ha- I'm ha- that's, that's, like, really cool to, like, See, I feel like you don't get to see like the progress and stuff. And there was a couple other games like that. I was uh, really interested in Skate Story. Just has like that vibe, you know? It's like that, mm-hmm. you know, those vibes. You know what I mean when I just say vibe. Mm-hmm. It was very vibey. Um, and then the homeboy was skating and got gobbled up by something. Mm. And then I was like, what the fuck is that? My worst nightmare. I think it's a skateboarding devil game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to check it out. It looks cool. I like, I was, you'll hear this in our later conversation, but I was thinking about like, you know, the games that I play and like, how can I blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I think the game develop, the game developers of Color Expo gives you a really nice list of really interesting games from developers of color. Start there. Shit. What I love the most is that those were games that were kind of like ready or soon to be ready. Yeah. Which means there were a bunch more that weren't. Yeah, exactly. As you said, we saw some games that are now ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that <laughs> was like what you said. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that there's almost like a mentorship aspect mm-hmm. to this conference and that there are repeat people that you can see and see what their growth has been over the year. So uh, we're going to link the expo for sure, but definitely go to their main YouTube channel and you can see past content from other years. And I'm sure at some point they will put up some version of what happened this year on YouTube. Yeah. 
these past two weeks in Nerddom, another conference, Digital Fandom Weekend 2. Hmm. Um, it was a bunch of TV stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I was expecting more. Yeah. I think if you're really into the TV stuff, like the CW stuff, uh, you are like, hell yeah, this is dope. New seasons of Harley Quinn, Dupachar coming out. Picked up on HBO Max. Picked up on HBO Max. Uh, because DC Universe is dead, which is, <laughs> it's actually really fucking sad because I think for a nerd streaming service, you got the most bang for your buck. There was, Fair enough. There was a, a bunch of TV, old TV, new TV, comics, uh, in a way that like like Marvel just doesn't have. Like if you want to like, they, Marvel doesn't have an app where you can like watch MCU movies the old Spider-Man cartoon and, you know, basically have a Marvel Unlimited comic subscription. That's what DC Universe basically yeah. was. And it was great. And I was like, it's not, it was like $7.99. I'm actually kind of surprised that they're getting rid of it. Uh, I bet it's because of the deal with HBO Max exclusively. Like mm, they just want yeah. all that stuff to go on HBO Max. Damn it. But um, I'm sure it also has to do with the layoffs. Yeah. It is being replaced by a comics only service. So like, I hope it's at least the same price because I kind I would feel kind of ripped off if it was more expensive. I hope it's less expensive. I, well, I, I uh, ultimately <laughs> hope it's less expensive, but I hope they're not charging more for less "quote unquote" content. Um, I think the uh, only stuff other than the TV that happened also was uh, talk about some of the movies and the fact that Wonder Woman got pushed back again officially to December. Okay. I still will not be in a movie theater. No, not in December. Hell no. Not until we are. Uh, mass vaccinated. Mass vaccinated. I don't care what the cheetah cocktail at. (laughs) (laughs) The Emmys also happened. They happened last night. And I didn't watch them and I don't think anyone cares about them. Watchmen won something. That's People care about them. (laughs) Nerds uh, care about the Emmys. The Mandalorian won something. Do we? We do not. But, like, if I was, like, social, I would definitely go to, like, an Emmys party just to, like, be posted up getting drunk with people on a Sunday night. Like, why the fuck not? It's COVID. So, for well, me... COVID, no. Absolutely not. Hmm. I should have just gotten drunk. Anyway. Watchmen and, and Mandalorian won something. I, I didn't even look it up. Okay. That's fine. I mean, you know, I'm not ready to watch Watchmen yet. It's a no. little... It's intense. It's so intense. I'm over it for me. I, I will. I still have to finish the book one day. Uh, speaking of the Mandalorian, a trailer dropped, and it, did. it uh, it's more Mandalorian. I, that's all I fucking what. That that's really all that it was. It was just like, no, we're just gonna keep doing the same thing. Yeah. Oh well, the, the child is gonna be, I guess, delivered or whatever to the Jedi. So maybe we'll see Ahsoka. Uh, but, well, we I think we know we're gonna see. Oh, Ahsoka. We definitely know we're gonna see Ahsoka. Great. So we're gonna see some Jedi <laughs> transphobia. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, the rumor is that Rosario Dawson, who has been accused of transphobia, violent transphobia to be clear, like not actually very funny. I forgot. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that's like 100% confirmed. Okay, well. So oh, perhaps. God. <sighs> perhaps. WandaVision dropped a trailer too. And I got to say, other than the fact that, like, obviously this Wanda is not a Romani 
person, you know, like they're not leaning into her being Jewish or anything. Yeah, which is kind of surprising because they started off that way. I feel like when they introduced the character, they were like, well, they're from Sokovia, or not Sokovia, but you know. No, I think they are from Sokovia. They are from Sokovia? Mm -hmm. Okay. Shout out to Snowell for uh, bringing that point up. That's right. Join the Discord. Join the Discord, Twitter. We'll plug it in a random spot every episode. Mm-hmm. It'll it will happen. That said, I'm I'm not hating what I saw at all. This is gonna be weird as shit. I'm very excited, actually. And Monica Rambeau's up in there. Monica Rambeau's in that bitch. And I'm Love very black excited to see black people. I'm very excited to see Wanda using her like magical powers more. Yeah. The fact that they had her in that old school suit and shit like that. I just think they're going to have fun with it. And one of the things that I love about the newer MCU movies, having watched a lot of them recently, I'm like still just watching them as background noise randomly. Mm -hmm. After Guardians, they started to get more comic booky and weird. Everything before that was kind of grounded. Like Thor was Thor. And so you can only do so much with Thor. But like, (laughs) even then, they didn't really play it loose with Thor until yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Beforehand, it was like, Asgard, and like, I'm just happy that we're past the stiffness of Scarlet Witch, and mm. I think really leaning into who she is as a person. Maybe they will investigate some of her identity things. I don't think so, but like, Thin. I'm excited by what I saw. Look, I was, ma- I was like, oh, this is going to be cute, and then that white woman who's loud and funny I love her. I cannot remember her name. Kathy something. Kathy something. She's Kathleen? fucking Kathleen. Kathleen. Kath. Kath. Homegirl. She's funny as fuck. I'm I'm ready because she's fucking hilarious. Are we looking it up? <laughs> I was just gonna roll with it, but like I don't remember this white woman's name, but she's funny as hell. Tim, anyone interested in playing? No, fuck up. Catherine Hahn. Cat, yes. Catherine Hahn. She's great. She is hilarious. Love her. I love her. There's nothing problematic about her. I hope no. God, who, oh my God. Right now, without knowing anything about her personally, I love her work. She's fucking hilarious. Uh, So I'm in. Can't wait. She Hulk. While we're on to the MCU. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to spend time on this because we said that we were going to do not... Not casting. We're not going to do casting stuff anymore. I just want to say how really excited I am. Genuinely excited to see someone so talented, Tatiana Monsley, as Jennifer Walters. Why don't you tell us more about uh, this actress? Because I don't know her or I don't remember anything that she's in. Did you not get the hype around Orphan Black? No, I never watched that. Orphan Black is... I know exactly what it is. A much-hyped show. It was a a British show, I believe. British. Something foreign. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Why did you say Why did you freak out? Foreign doesn't have to have a negative connotation. No, it just was, like, funny. You're just like... It might be Canadian. It's from not America. It is is from not from America. It's foreign, like how Schitt's Creek is foreign. It is foreign. It's Canadian. <laughs> okay, yes, to, yes. Okay, whatever. Look, look, no one's putting Canadian bacon in the ethnic foods aisle, okay? I did, you are making the association. 
<laughs> between ethnic and foreign, not me. Anything non-terrestrial to the United States is technically foreign. Fine. Okay. Okay. That's how words work. Okay. It is a non-American television show about um seven a seven tuplet yes. sep septuplet. <laughs> They're septuplets, <laughs> and each of them have different personalities, and she's just really phenomenally good in it. And often she's only playing off of herself. Because oh, wait, the she's scene... the orphan? Yes. Oh, okay, you don't have to tell me shit then yet. No, because every time someone talked about Orphan Black, everyone was like, oh my God, it's amazing. This actress is amazing. She's amazing. So, yeah, and I... On the cosigns alone, because people didn't shut up about it in college. <laughs> if she is at least half as good in She-Hulk as she was in Orphan Black, then I'm sure it's going to be an incredible wow, experience. That's high praise. So I'm very excited. All right. Very excited. Jurassic Park, Camp Cretaceous. I'm livid Cre- that you can't say the words Cretaceous. Cretaceous? <sighs> Cretaceous. Did you not like dinosaurs when you were a kid? Not this hard. I, I feel found like, out this nigga has not seen Jurassic Park recently. Not like I, I, I've seen the original. I haven't watched the updated ones, the new you ones. Watched two or three. I watched two. The dinosaurs thing I think was very short lived for me. Like you know how like kids are like oh, I love this, I love that, and like I loved race cars when I was a kid, and that stuck with me to adulthood. I have a fucking racing wheel in here. I. Dinosaurs, short-lived. Wasn't really fucking with them. I see. Well, I was. And Jurassic Park was a huge deal. This is a kid's show. I acknowledge that. Jurassic Park? Cretaceous Camp? Camp Cretaceous. It's a kid's show. It is a kid's show. But don't them dinosaurs be eating people? And they be eating these kids, too. They eating the kids? In the kids show? <laughs> One Wait. of the reviews that I saw was like, what? if you wouldn't let your child watch the movie, then you should not let your child watch this guy. How are they making a, a, how is it a kid show? There's death? I'm going to find out. That's, confu- I'm confusion. I'm going to watch it a report back. I'm very excited. Apparently, Steven Spielberg was like, I don't care if this is for kids. We are not toning it down. <laughs> they said these kids are going to get gobbled right the fuck up. T-Rex ate little Jimmy. He Apparently. did. That's sad. That's really... Wow. Okay. Life on Venus in a stretch, I think, for what we consider nerddom here. It's elastic definition. This is nerdy. Okay? Caring about life in the universe is just a nerd thing. Like, you go to NASA and it's a bunch of fucking nerds. So, these past two weeks in nerddom, we almost probably found life on Venus. Oh, they just found some gas. So the thing about this gas is that given what we know about what Venus is made up of, that gas cannot exist. Not should not, but cannot cannot exist without biological metabolic processes. So they said an alien had to have farted on this planet Correct. for the gas to be there. And a lot oh. of aliens farting a lot for the concentration of gas that they found. That's a thought. And by aliens, aliens let's, be, <laughs> let's be clear, <laughs> they mean like microscopic life. They're not talking about animals. No, um, they're talking about like if we went over there, or like we brought a ship over there and they brought it back. 
then that's like coronavirus 2.0. The aliens get all up in our brains and take us over and be zombies and That would be great. Um, Carl Sagan, <laughs> mm. before he died, did theorize that there could be like balloon-type creatures. No, like full-on <laughs> balloon-type creatures mm-hmm. living in the, the clouds of Venus. I guess on that assumption that he did theorize animal alien farts. That's, I, I guess, technically true. Mm. But he's been vindicated. Like, this is very exciting. And they sat on it for three years to run all kinds of tests to confirm that the only chemistry that can take place on Venus could not produce this. To be super, super clear, they found this gas on, like, Jupiter and other places. But because of the chemistry of that planet, it makes sense for that gas to exist, and it can be created by natural processes uh-huh. that are not biological. I, you said processes. That's how you know. <laughs> so, unless there is some new shit going on on Venus that we don't know about, like brand new chemistry, then the only other explanation is microbiotic life. Wow. Very exciting. Or terrifying. I feel like this confirms that we're not alone, but it doesn't confirm that we're not the only intelligent life. You were talking about the great filter. The Fermi paradox and stuff. I I won't bore the audience, but I will put a link in the show notes that explains all this stuff. So much. The point is like, why is there not life everywhere if it's as common as we expect it to be? And the answer may very well be, it is super common. It's just that civilizations are rare. Mm. And perhaps civilizations never get past a certain point um, that's fascism? the great filter. And fascism may be the great filter. Nuclear war may be the great filter. But there's like a theory that it's the same thing. Like global warming might happen all over the place all the time because that's the result of industrialization and capitalism. And unless you find a way to get past the great filter, your civilization is doomed. And that might be why we don't know or have evidence of other civilizations because they didn't get past the great filter. Maybe we're the first ones. That's terrifying. All kinds of interesting Very terrifying. thoughts. Hmm. Uh, on that note, I think we need to play some music. Okay. Me. I said it. I get it. It's too much. It's okay. It's got a special guest joining us today. We do. A friend of the show. New friend of the show. A new friend of the show. <laughs> You'll love to see it. Uh, Kenji is going to fill us in on what is going on with Nintendo. Uh, well, kind of, but also other things. What a broad, sweeping introduction. I love it. <laughs> it covers a lot of ground. What a great classification. We can't disappoint the listeners in any way, shape, or form with this interview. Can't happen. I'm excited. Welcome, Kenji. Hi. Very excited uh, to be speaking with you yes. as our Nintendo and many other things correspondent. <laughs> the everything correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I think first up, I have to ask a very serious question. Are you ready for the serious question? Mr. Oh, I'm ready. 
Goldeneye or Zero Dark Thirty. No, that's not it. That's a movie. Wow. What was it? Goldeneye or... I'm embarrassed for you oh, because God. otherwise this would have been funny. <laughs> no, I, we, we have to redo it. I have to redo no, it. I don't know about that. I I'm having... Like we have to keep this in now. I work. I'm working this weekend. I'm tired. It's... Why can't I think of the... Goldeneye or Perfect Dark? Perfect Dark Zero. There's no shit. zero. There's no z- why am I putting the zero at the end? You really so want there to be a zero involved. You know, I was a, a golden eye uh, person. Okay. We're gonna have to My whole a running tally were. on the show. Apparently, you, you I feel like it, thing that you do. I feel like it, see, it like comes up in some way, shape, or form on accident with a lot of interviews. And now I'm like <laughs> curious. Cause I have to see which one I like eventually. Mm. I just loved the uh, levels, the reticules, being able to dominate my siblings in the game. Older or younger? Uh, younger. Naturally. So, That's the way to do it. Nat- yeah. Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> that is the way of the older sibling. Yes. It's beautiful. Merciless. So you have been playing one game that I know is not for me and one <laughs> game that I desperately want to play and I'm waiting for it. Uh, oh, okay. In a very serious way. And I want you to guess which one is which. Uh, yeah. I feel like Paper Mario is not for you, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I'm really eager to hear what you have to say about Paper Mario. Cedric, have you, have you played it? Is that a game for you? So here's the thing. I, I love Mario as a concept as a character, as, um, in theory. (laughs) I have personally not played a lot of Mario games, and I've only beaten one completely. I never Hmm. touched Paper Mario. So no. Okay. I'm so sorry. I feel like we're leaving you out in the open here. No, that's okay. Maybe you're... um reaction to some of my impressions will be totally new and, and help me learn things about why I love the game so much too. <laughs> or love the series. You know, the first game that came out, I think that was in, oh shoot. I remember I was just a kid and that was like the first game that I really got into. Mm-hmm. And I just had this memory from like the game ending and the fireworks over Princess Peach's castle playing. And I just cried because I was like, oh my gosh, I poured so much into this game and now it's over. Um, I think it was came out in like 2001, it looks like. That was, that was like some of the start of my first love of gaming. So I feel like for the nostalgia factor, the new Paper Mario was really um, kind of alluring. Like I, was, I downloaded it the day it came out and super excited to get into it. I've probably sunk only like eight to 10 hours in it. And um, I haven't loved it as much as I convinced myself I would. Maybe mm. it's because it's like 18 years later, right? And, uh, <laughs> um, but also they made, some, they made some logistical choices to make it more of a, a puzzle game and less of a kind of RPG style that I really appreciated about the original. Mm. Um, the humor is a high point so far. Like I'm laughing out loud. Uh, a few times, like an hour when I'm playing it because of the writing and the jokes. Interesting. Is it? Yeah. So tell me about the mythology of Paper Mario because I'm truly a new when it comes to this franchise. <laughs> like I don't understand it. Right. Is it just like, oh, the Mario stories you know and love, but we're paper? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so fucking absurd. Exactly. That's why I love it. You're like, 
at least the original, it's like everything you know and love about Mario and the lore and all of that, but everyone's paper, which means that like you can fit through narrow crevices or like, you know, strong winds, you can like be blown or like in the new game, there's origami. It's like the premise. So like you can be folded in different ways or you can like most of the bad guys are like 2D paper that have been folded into like 3D shapes that you have to try to like work out. And um, it's it's just a little bit of an absurd premise. But what I what I love about it in terms of the like mythology of Mario is especially in the original game and then the thousand year door, um, which was the, the first sequel. Right. You really get to like crawl inside of the relationships that Mario has with these characters that they create. Um, you know, like Bobby Bomb in the new game. I cried as uh, playing this this thousand year uh, this current game just like learning his progression arc and it was really um, meaningful and in the original game you have all of these like sidekicks that you can bring out at different times to help you like get through the world oh i just yeah i just love it and, and of course it doesn't make sense and it uh <laughs> when you're a child you don't really think about that and now that you've presented it to me jordan it, it is kind of a strange concept that he's just paper <laughs> <laughs> i'm fine with gimmicks like Totally. I'm on, I'm on board with that idea. What I find most interesting about what you said is that my departure from Mario was really at the beginning of the, the kind of lore building that you're referencing. Like in mm-hmm. Mario 64, which is one of the last Mario games I played, there's not like a relationship being built between Mario and any other character right. at any point. Right. You're just... Right fighting things and solving puzzles and and running through the level and collecting stars. And then at the end you, you know, you get peach and and she's like thankful. Right. That's the extent of the relationships of (laughs) Mario. Right. uh, Right. Right. For the most part. So I find it really intriguing that you're talking about not just story content, but story content that's moving enough for you actually to, to have emotions. And, you know, like, I think being a, I probably was eight to 10 when I played the first game and Paper Mario is a, is a scroller, right? It's kind of like two, two D plus, maybe like there's a little more dimensionality, but there's enough of a trajectory in the narrative that it's like the bumpers are kind of on, on the bowling lane. And so it takes you with like a good momentum through the arc, which I think some gamers would resent or you know it's certainly not like a divinity original sin too in terms of like what you can do but as a as a young gamer that was just so accessible and even now like if i'm wanting to to pick up something that's a little a little bit less mindless than like animal crossing or um, stardew valley or like where there's a little bit higher level of attention i need to be paying um this Paper Mario game is like exactly that. And it's gorgeous. And the, the sounds are really great. It's kind of like comfort food. Hmm. I would have never, I would have never thought. I feel the same way. Even like, like, so I'm trying to think of the Mario mm. games I've played, like Sunshine. Uh, I didn't play 64. Oh, yeah. But yeah, even. Yeah, it's. I just would never put a Mario game or like, you know, I think of like Mario Kart or like Mario Party. Right, right, right. I would never, I would never think of a Mario game making me emotional. That's, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to play this today. I wonder if there's a way to, if you haven't played the uh, first one, that it still holds up. I um, replayed it a few years ago on some simulator on my computer, and it was still awesome. <laughs> 
interesting. How do you feel about the Super Mario 3D All-Stars revisitations coming out? Um, I'm, I'm excited. I just watched like a couple of like announcement things about it. But I think it's been long enough since I've played through the games that are included in there that I will just be like pretty thrilled to possibly dip back into it. I feel like I don't know all of the information about it though. Like um, there's no new content, right? It's just kind of packaging together these previous ones. Right. Yes, I think so. But I also feel like I saw something about Luigi being in 64 as he was originally intended to be. Oh, really? Don't quote me on that. that. That might be a total rumor thing that I'm mm. conflating with the real news. But um I already tweeted and cited that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's just <laughs> remasters of the classic okay. uh, games. Yeah, I feel like that will be a kind of emotional experience, right? <laughs> I'm actually not sure I ever played Super Mario Galaxy, so just 64 and Sunshine out of these. Galaxy I never How are y'all feeling about it? You know, I'm like I I have my that weird relationship with Mario, so like I don't know if right, like I don't know I don't I'm not really interested in playing sixty four. If I were to get this thing, I'd definitely play with play Sunshine. But I feel like Galaxy Two is oh, like people love Galaxy Two more over Galaxy, the original. Hmm. I'm like man. Maybe like at some point. Oh wait, shit! But you kind of have I have to like buy it today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it. I'm, I can't be indecisive about this. My thoughts, first and foremost, are that I'm not happy about the um, timed exclusivity, the uh, forced scarcity. That's Yeah, it. so it's just through for a few months. Is that right or what? I think it's up until March. Yeah, I think March 31st. Okay. Which is yeah. the last day of the first quarter of 2021. Wow. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I would probably be most excited for 64, but there are some really good mods out there and some really good emulators. I don't know that I need to pay unofficially to replay. <laughs> we don't endorse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I haven't had the greatest track record with revisiting games. Like I tried to replay star Wars Knights of the old Republic uh, a few months ago oh, and wow. I couldn't do it. It was, it was just, it was so dated And I think, I don't know, the only other one that's coming out that I'm kind of excited for is Prince of Persia. And uh, Mm. on the last episode, I was really excited about that. And now I've heard some discourse about it. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but just the discourse was like, why do we need to keep doing this kind of stuff? And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have to like offset it by like... A couple of new games from indie developers. No, it's not. That's not the point. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't mean it like as crassly. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. Remakes are. I get it. They're. But now, now I'm curious. Like I don't. I'm curious to like go back and play Sunshine, and I'm like, does this have narrative depth? I don't remember. Mm. Maybe it does. I feel like most of my characterization of the Nintendo universe came from the obsessive degree to which I played Mario Tennis on 64. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure that was the first game I played uh, with, like, Waluigi. And there weren't dialogue 
between the characters in that game, but they had like little cutscenes, and you could tell how characters felt about one another or at least right. what their personalities right. were and stuff. And I think that that got deepened by Mario Kart and Mario Party and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But in terms of like narrative driven <laughs> Nintendo games, <laughs> I am uh, behind the curve. Right, right, right. Like you haven't like heard a Dry Bones pour its soul out to you, right? Because no, you no. played the Paper Mario. Which franchise. I would love to hear a monologue from. <laughs> Isn't this a Dry Bones? Not even like, you know, Dry Bones. It's a Goomba. Mm. Something there. Something there, maybe. There is something there. So on the complete other side <laughs> of the spectrum <laughs> of video gaming, we're moving away from bright, shiny Nintendo. The Samario. And into something that I've wanted to play for quite a while, and especially after they quoted Marx after winning several awards in last year's award season. Um, Capital, Disco- the game. <laughs> <laughs> if only <laughs> Disco Elysium, uh, you've been putting some time into that. I have, I have, I um, I think I've put about twenty five hours into Disco Elysium so far, and I heard it marketed as like a thirty hour kind of going through the narrative, but it it definitely seems like a game with high replay value. Um, like I can imagine, I haven't finished the the game yet. I'm kind of it feels like end stage, um, and I'm you know I got the little like poke in the side like hey if you go back past this point you know the things may the game will end but i think they did it in like kind of an elegant way it wasn't like the message on the screen that says that explicitly um i could see myself coming back to it and trying like a different character build you know it's this um crpg inspired uh detective game that um takes place in this kind of alternate universe. I know it was made by these Estonian game developers and um, I'm really loving it so far. I would be so curious for your thoughts um, once you play Jordan. I don't know if you've if you've gone through it at all, Cedric, but um, if you have kind of more particular inquiries, I'd be happy to hear those too. Yeah, so I haven't touched it because, and I think this is going to become a running joke on this podcast that my PC is still not up and running. Uh, but now I'm just like waiting for it to come on Xbox. So I'm like, oh, it's coming. So my only real uh, introduction to it was them quoting Marx at whatever Game Awards stage they were on. I was like, what? Oh, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, they won Best Indie Game and Best RPG at a few different award ceremonies. And at one of them, they shared a quote about workers and uh, wow. a quote from Marx. So I was like already aware of the political nature of the game, but I was not aware of the political ideology of the developers, which is what (laughs) put it from like, oh, I should check this out to, oh, I absolutely fundamentally have to to play this. And then, uh, of course, it was locked to PC for a while. It is now being ported to other consoles. And uh, soon, I think. Yeah, I I think it's Ah, imminent. Would love to see a Switch port. I believe that that's coming. I believe a Switch port is happening. That would be my ideal, too, is playing it on Switch, I think. I have a Mac, so uh, it's not very... And the computer I have is not very strong for games. If I... um, boot up Disco Elysium for more than like 15 minutes 
uh, like just leaving it on my lap, I would not have leg hair, for instance. So I'm trying to just be like uh, guarded about how hot my computer is getting, how loud my damn fan. I would love to see a port, uh, but it, uh, you know, it's a, it's a gorgeous looking game. The artwork is like pretty, there are moments when I'm genuinely kind of like just taken in by it, you know, in, in a way not dissimilar from, you know, seeing something in nature that evokes awe or like a stained glass you know window or some kind of artistic beauty and the i think just like the what really drew me in was how maybe similar to like paper mario in a sense of like how fucking absurd the premise seems on its face yeah um it felt um maybe absurd isn't the right word but it felt a little bizarre and that kind of drew me in right in particular, this function in the game where you have these kind of internal dialogues that your character will have. And then how, like, I love reading, I love writing, and I love how um, dialogue heavy, like, the game is. It really lives in and through the texts and the words that are being exchanged. Um, so that that kind of idea drew me in a little bit. And it, it um, I would say if you're someone who likes to read while they game, this is this would be a pick for you. So let me set the stage for listeners who may not know. This is a detective story, but it's a detective story that takes place in post-communist Eastern Bloc Europe. So there's no real location for where this is, but the setting is a real setting, although it is a dystopic future, and so it's not exactly 1990 kind of thing. Anyway, the game is as much about politics and social systems and class and race and gender as it is about being a detective solving this mystery. And I'm really into the way that it presents those, those topics. For instance, the, the internal dialogue that Kenji talks about, you know, those are, those are the skills. That's what you uh, would put into stealth or conversation or whatever uh, in a different RPG. And they have really interesting ways of capping you. Like if you put too yeah. much of your points into empathy, for instance, uh, you're going to actually over empathize and start feeling pain from people. And so, you know, that's a problem. But if you don't have enough, then you might not get certain dialogue options and things like that. So that's all really important. Um, just like what Kenji was saying, but I would love to know more about how they talk about philosophy. And Mm. I know that they really force you into choosing um, an ideology and committing to that ideology. Right. Right. I I don't know much about how that works. And I'd love to hear more from you about that. And also what you ended up, you know, choosing or, or finding yourself (laughs) being more uh, affinity to. I think there's this sense in which the game, like I felt almost this knife's edge and on one side of the blade is like the haunting and it's like the unease and the noir-esque kind of what could be around the corner, really like just ill sense of being at ease in the, in the world of the game. And part of that, as you say, is that you're in this kind of fictional um, world in a city called Huevachol, um, which is, as you say, meant to be like post kind of Soviet-esque, um, but in a different like world or on a different like planet that's never really clarified. And I think that I'm, I'm happy with like how they left that kind of open. Um, but on the other side of the knife's blade is this like wicked dark humor that they 
Pierce almost every possible moment with when you, even when you like least expect it. So I, I felt like, again, on this knife's edge, like not really knowing what to expect. And that kind of kept me on edge in a good way. You know, it wasn't like a, this isn't like a silly game, but there were so many moments I found myself laughing out loud. And, um, you know, the, the question around ideologies, philosophies, politics, I, I didn't do all of the background research that you did, Jordan, before I played. And I was <laughs> just like, <laughs> you know, and I was like, um, just pretty shocked by how much depth went into these things. Like I, um, I think I approach a lot of video games as someone with radical politics with this like hermeneutic of suspicion, you know? So I'm like, okay, this is probably not made with me or my politics in mind, but I'm going to go through it. I love games. Like what the hell? Like we'll see what, what can be done from here. But this game like caught me off guard a few times, you know, I, you have the options in dialogues with people. And it's, as I said, a very text-based game to choose to say different things. They might be like outlandish and inappropriate. They might be like drug-seeking behavior things to say. They might be like very communist-oriented. They might be fascist. They might be like more libertarian or even like deist or vaguely Christian. Like you have all of these dialogue choices. And unbeknownst to me, um, as a new gamer, the game is sort of tracking how you respond to these things. And then inviting you to internalize certain thoughts, certain systems. So like early on, there's um, an example in which you have the choice to internalize like a racial supremacist system into your thinking patterns. And then that actually like plays out in your dialogue throughout the game, potentially, if you choose to go that route. So an example for me is like I would... I'm trying to be a little provocative. And I love that they included dialogue options about building communism and like violent revolution and all of these things. And you're like, you know, being able to invoke this in your police investigations as a detective. And um, the game kind of makes, I just remember being really surprised that they were tracking all of this. And then at one point, you know, like a part of my brain, my character's brain said like, Oh, so you're like a communist, huh? (laughs) Like what? (laughs) Wait, so you like like the player? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess both you as the character, like it'll, you know, for instance, like a thought may pop up in your brain and it's like communism, eh? It sounds pretty uh, great. And I'm like, God. how do they know I think that? And I'm like, oh, they, they must get that, you know? And I'm sure players who picked kind of vaguely fascist or xenophobic or these other kind of paths that are available, you know, had those choices. And I, I just found that to be really clever, but also so um, elegant in how our choices and philosophies and, and approaches to uh, politics are like woven in how your character is received throughout the game, the conversations they're able to have, the affinities they can build. Something I don't think I'll ever be able to do is actually choose like the fascist options because I, I know just am so overwhelmed by my Fascism? own self righteousness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm really curious if the game indicts those people. Yeah, I wonder. Someone's going to have to take one for the team. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, um, I never know what the, like in the Mass Effect series, I don't yep. know what any of the renegade choices are. <laughs> like, I don't even want to watch the videos on YouTube. This is like triggering. I'm like, fuck that, Shepard. I need to, you know, so I don't know. Every playthrough. Yeah. Never changes. No. Did you see that stat that was like something like 92% of all people always chose? What's the opposite of renegade? 
Paragon. 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 Yeah, like barely anyone ever chose Renegade. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so interesting. I heard that too. That's a very high percentage. But yeah, I, I almost do want to get on YouTube after I play. And, and just watch. And mm-hmm. see, yeah. Because you can yeah. choose to be a racist. You can choose to be a misogynist. Yep. Yep. You can choose to be a fascist. And like... Yep. What does the game have to say about that, especially what we know about the developers? Right. right. They're clearly not okay with that. And, no. and so, <laughs> like, I wonder they have how some they thoughts. treat them. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I had this moment where I felt chastened in my revolutionary political commitments, or at least the ones my character was expressing. You know, there was like a thought that popped into my mind at one point. And I was like, it was the thought asked me, it was like, is violent revolution better than the status quo now? And I answered yes. And then my thought said back to me, then you've never known true chaos or true violence. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I feel, red I me. Red. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so I wonder if they give similar like bumps to the folks who choose the ideology on the other side. You know, I'm very mm. curious about that too. And I think the other piece that I really missed out on you know, as, as someone who, like, it became very important to me that my character maintain sobriety and spurn the many electrochemical, uh, that's the term they use in the game, options for kind of indulging or boosting your skills or whatever. And so I, I might, like, hop on YouTube after I finish and see what would it have been like, or do a replay. Well, I don't think I can tolerate it. Of, like, um, <laughs> what if your character goes the complete other route, you know, which is totally available to you through the game. And I know that the developer... Um, talked about part of his experience in sort of working towards sobriety and how shitty it felt mm. in those early years as part of what inspired the the tone of the game. That's interesting because it's like, I feel like this accomplishes or comes closer to accomplishing like what Detroit Become Human was trying to do. Or like, I feel like mm-hmm. there's so many games that really fail at really saying anything. Yeah. Like, the, like, Detroit Become Human for me is kind of like Joker. Mm, like in, in mm, that it just is like, here are the issues. And right. that's it. <laughs> right. And it doesn't like I never really... played Detroit Become Human, but I, I it has that reputation. Yeah, it doesn't invite the the viewer or the player to like really engage in a way that I think is like meaningful or is like you're like not really grappling with anything while you're doing it. Right, right. I think just the fact that they have fascism, libertarianism, uh, communism, and other things in between those as options speak to the depth of Disco Elysium yeah. in comparison to Detroit Become Human. Because in Detroit Become Human, essentially, you know, you're leading the robot civil rights movement with a black robot. And <laughs> you are you are choosing really one or the other. Either you are going to do violent uh, right. overthrow or you are going to try to peacefully protest your way through the situation. And I think that there were some opportunities for you to do a little bit of both um, so that public opinion didn't sway too much to one side or the other. But for the most part, it, it painted it as a very black and white thing. And in my playthrough, which did end up in a violent overthrow. Um, <laughs> Just to let you all know. Yeah, in, in case you thought it thought was Thought shit was sweet over in this playthrough of Detroit Become Human. It wasn't. 
Um, I I never felt challenged really mm. at any point in the way that you're describing a challenge to your choice. Right. Right. I felt challenged not only in terms of ideology, but like um, the game seemed to like track how you interact with people and then like reflects that back to you. And I tend to pick the most like obsequious, kind, self-defacing dialogue options in games. And the game is like, oh, you're like a sad sack of shit, huh? <laughs> <To your laughs> and I was like, oh, I, it's like, I guess I am like that. And then you can choose like to embrace it or not. It's much more elegant than how I just presented it. But, you know, it's not only in, in politics, but it's also like your attachment style, your way of relating with people that's kind of put under the microscope in a fun way. Oh my God, this sounds exhausting. Yeah. I'm very excited to get going on this. Just eager for that port. <laughs> To, to happen. <laughs> no, I looked you know, it up. There's there's even there's like no, a, um, it's coming, but like no one knows when. Has it been announced yet? It's been coming for like a year. I know. Mm. But like that's the latest. And not to, just to, I don't, I know I shit on Detroit Become Human a lot on this show, but I only, it's, it's in a way, hopefully, that I think is like constructive because I, I think it's interesting that like we can't find these narratives in like triple A productions. Like for some odd reason they can like give us all the RPG things and like here's this tree of like all the ways that this could have gone down, but then like narratively they're just like really flat. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. the ending of The Last of Us 2. Mm. Ooh, ooh, which I haven't yet um watched on YouTube. <laughs> Another oh. one who won't play it. <laughs> <laughs> I will refrain I from have a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair. Oh, fair, fair. I will refrain from uh, commenting further and being explicit, uh, if only to say I think that they could have imagined a different world and, mm. for whatever reason, chose not to. Mm. And I mm. think that I'm tired of choice being the very clear black or the very clear white when there are equally valid and possibly even more fulfilling and wholesome, wholesome. Uh, endings and, and, and progress right. paths. Mm. So I don't know. You know, I feel like in the context of Disco Elysium, the like focus on dialogue over traditional CRPG combat, it feels like it unshackled the narrative possibilities, you know, where you weren't being like hemmed into um, like certain outcomes or certain encounters and like that I wonder if that will be uh, something that games like pay attention to or pick up going forward mm, yeah I hope so Carolyn Pettit who has been on the show before um, has talked about that in uh, some very explicit ways also as part of her Last of Us 2 review but in other things as well where you know by making combat really the only way to solve problems. Right. It's kind of like forcing the developers to abandon any other possibilities in their storytelling. And Mm. what you're describing by not having a focus on combat and really, you know, forcing the player to solve problems in other ways, uh, it, Mm. it, it leads to, I think a more, uh, fully fleshed out experience. Mm, right, right. And and uh are there more abolitionists who play Disco Elysium versus Call of Duty Black Ops 2? I don't know. 
don't know. Are there ways we're teaching and learning about resolving conflict? I don't know. But there's some, you can like punch kids in the face in this game too. So I don't mean to say. That <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I really have to pick it up. Yeah. Anything that you would like to uh, shout out, my good friend? Um, you know, I'm on the Twitters at A Fresh Mind. Uh, that's pretty much all I've got. Any volunteering to, that you're doing? Shout out to Collage. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That's what I could say. Oh, it's a great, man, that was, great that was a little painful. <laughs> I was like, I'm a monthly donor of Collage. <laughs> collage.org slash donate. Love, uh, love Collage. Love artwork in general. So. <laughs> Any kind of mixed media. Well, we... <laughs> We appreciate having you, uh, and we'll definitely uh, have you back soon once we finish this Disco Museum <laughs> journey. It sounds great, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, that was a show. That was indeed a show. Thanks again, Kenji, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Opening our third eye to the emotional depths of sure. Mario. No, I didn't. Sure. I don't know. If you like what you heard today and want to hear more of it, we would encourage you to tell a gamer friend. Tell two gamer friends. Tell as many gamer friends as you like. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram at Gamer Friends Pod. Yes. Rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Absolutely. And if you so wish, you can join our Discord. You can join our Discord. Hang out with us. Play some Among Us. We've been Yo, playing like almost every night. It's been Lit in the Discord among us. Oh, full servers is wild. It's a lot of fun. Join us. Oh, my God. It's so much fun. Already supporting us are our Patreon subscribers. Thank you to Abner, Nerdy, Sarah, and Emma. Y'all the best. Thank you so much. And uh, we will catch you back here in two weeks. Deuces. This is unacceptable. Is it? I don't even know how I feel. <laughs>